This is the Delivery Space podcast. Whether you're interested in software delivery, business change, or transformation, we have some great content lined up for you. We launch into different areas of project delivery and bring you insights and experience that you won't get from a book. Welcome, it's Nisha and Sharon. This is season two, episode one on personal branding. Hi, Nisha. How are you? I'm very well. How are you, Sharon? Really good and really excited because today we have a very special guest with us, Andrew McCaskill. Andrew is the founder of Executive Career Jump. He's the author of the JobSurf Playbook. And recently he was named LinkedIn Changemaker for careers and unemployment. And he is about to tip over an amazing 90,000 personal LinkedIn followers. Andrew, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for having me. Um, we've obviously interacted on LinkedIn a few times with both of you, so it's, it's lovely to get into a conversation. So thank you for inviting us. Oh, you're very welcome. And we're really happy to have you here today. So I'm going to kick off and get straight into it with our first question. Could you explain for us what exactly is a personal brand? Yeah, no, I'd love to. And look, I think people completely overcomplicate the answer to that question, Sharon, if I'm honest. When, mm -hmm. So I'm going to try and put it down into five words, all right? Okay. I think personal brand is what you are known for. That's it. I don't think it's any more complicated than that. It's what you are known for. Now, if you want to go through the layers a little bit, what does that mean? What it means, what do people think of when they see or hear your name? Um, how do you make people feel? What are you seen as an expert in? Um, how are people perceiving that you're behaving? What do people say about you when you're not in the room? Like, There's a load of layers to it. But yeah. ultimately, for people to get their head around what is a personal brand, it's what you're known for. And whether or not you're already amplifying that personal brand online or not, we all have a personal brand in our working lives and our personal lives, I would say. So it's just this, this idea that it's something that you've got to create from scratch or that it's this overcomplicated thing, I think is misplaced and stops a lot of people amplifying their brand and getting their voice out there. When actually, it's just what, what you're known for. That's what mm. it is. So it's actually pretty simple. And I do remember you saying um, in one of your live sessions that whether you are putting out content or not, you still have a brand. Yeah, you definitely do. You definitely yeah. do. I think it's that also that self-awareness that you think that you need in order to answer some of the questions that you've mentioned. Yeah, they're pretty basic questions in terms of what what do I feel like I'm I'm known for, um, especially in the delivery space, like project managers, program managers, you know, they will have a certain record of delivery, a certain way of doing things, a certain way of working with teams. And it requires, I think, people, individuals to have that self-awareness to, to drag that out and put it on a LinkedIn profile or on a bit of paper to say actually yeah i stand by that that represents me absolutely self-awareness and and going on that exploratory phase of really trying to uncover your own um little superpowers your own values yeah. and everything that you actually stand for so i'll ask you both a question right let's let's throw a question at you two yeah and depending on how you answer it then that will start to help us because um so imagine you're both at a, an event and it's a project management event right yeah. So you've both gone along and there's eight other project leaders or transformation directors like peers of yours sat around the table. OK, so you're yeah. kind of smashing the croissants and orange juice and you're waiting for a speaker to come on to talk about something. 
And around that table were eight peers of yours who are all really, really good at project management. So they can all do the job. Now, the question is, um, if you were to say, what is the one thing that I would benchmark most highly on versus the other people around those table that allows me to be successful? What would that be? Like, what is the one thing that even against other good project managers, you'd say that's the one thing that makes me good at what I do? What would be the first thing that came to mind there? Mine would be building, oh, yeah, mine would be building (laughs) that team cohesion towards successful delivery. Love that. So let's take that next layer. So what what is it about Nisha that allows you to build that cohesion? What is it about Uh, you personally? I'm very people focused. I love working with people. I love problem solving. I love being creative, love creating that environment with the team to enable them to be creative. Yeah, yeah. And so what is it that drives that behavior though? What, what is it in terms of your own attributes that drives you to be able to do that? Uh, an openness, a willing to communicate openly and transparently, um, uh, a warmness in my style of communication. I, I guess those, those key things if I was gonna crystallize. Yeah, because what you're doing is basically building trust, isn't it? Yes. Like if you were to yeah. nail down a word, that would start to pull together some of the things you said, it would be trust, right? So rather than personal branding is not, I can do good project management, I can build cohesive teams. Personal branding is my unique ability to bring warmth, empathy and cohesion to teams allows me to build trust. And that trust allows me to get more out of people, take them on journeys and develop them in a way that other project managers can't. I hear you. See what I'm saying? Yes. Whenever people are going on these exploratory places, you've got to go through the layers of the onion because people tend to talk about the outcomes rather than talking about what it is innately about them mm. that sets them up to do it. What came to mind for you, Sharon, out of interest when- So uh... for me, I was thinking about my um, communication skills and the ability to interact with all different types of people. What do you mean by different types? Um, all different stakeholders. So typically in the project environment, it might be project managers, program managers, execs. We have to talk to various different um, people within the business. Yeah, so you're a corporate chameleon. Yes. <laughs> okay. I love that. So, the, you know, you, we could get into that. Like you could even have a hashtag, couldn't you? Corporate, hashtag corporate chameleon. Yeah. So I'm a corporate chameleon who's able to adapt, whether it's talking to the security guard on the door or the CEO in the boardroom and win their engagement, communicate in a way that they feel is transparent and they understand and take them on a journey, right? This is why I deliver projects better than the other eight or nine people in the room. And this is what it's about. It's about Mm. continuing to ask yourself these questions and really drilling deep and not letting your humility get in the way. Humility is a beautiful thing and it's what makes you a good project manager or a good change professional. But it's also what stops good project managers and change professionals branding themselves appropriately or interviewing well quite often because it it kind of provides this barrier. It's like we don't want to talk about what we're good at. Mm. We're we're happy to talk about the outcomes, but Mm. personal branding in its essence is about finding out what you're really good at what yeah. your personal attributes are so yeah thanks for being open on that i think we've got some two really good uh personal brand plans sorted there quite quickly so that's good what's, what's the next question <laughs> sharon i want to see corporate chameleon appearing I, on your profile hey, now i love that can i corporate take chameleon. that right, that's yours that's that's, a, that's my gift from me to you today i like thank this. you um and nisha trust trust yes trust like look yeah. in a word that's what you described and so let's weave that into your own personal branding into your CV, into your um, LinkedIn profile, into how you describe yourself. Like this, th- these are really important themes. 
Yeah, uh, and they're very human qualities that people connect with, right?、Mm. So, so, and it and it takes us time because we're so conditioned、um, to、uh, operate on that level of outcome, outcome, outcome. What can I do in terms of having the outcome, and totally bypassing and forgetting that actually it's the human qualities. In the same way, people run projects, but it's those human qualities that if you put them. At the forefront of everything, that's actually going to build your brand. A hundred percent. And where we're going right now with technology and digital and automation and AI and robots, those human qualities are going to be what's in demand more than ever. They're going to be what carries the premium, and they're going to be what future-proofs our careers. Is continuing to lean into those.、Mm, absolutely. What、um, three or four tips, Adju? Can you give someone who is Starting from scratch, so let's say, let's paint a profile of someone who、uh, hasn't completed their about section on LinkedIn or hasn't really paid a lot of attention to their brand, either you know how they're carrying themselves at work、um, and their presence in social media. What what tips can you give? No, of course I'd love to, and、um, we've spoken previously.、Um, You know, last year it might have been the year before. Now in the Furlearn <laughs> session, the, I did the first ever Furlearn session on this, didn't I? Yeah. And, and and I still stand by those principles because it's what's worked, I think, to help us amplify our brand.、Um, and I see you both doing some of this as well, which is why we've ended up on a podcast together, right? Like this、yeah. podcast is an outcome of the playbook that I'm just about to share with you,、yes. isn't it?、Yeah. So the proof is in the pudding. That's why we're here.、Um, so what we talk about all the time is pulling together some personal brand、um, value. Some pillars, basically. So, in the same way as some of you in marketing projects might have come across, you know, company brand、mm. values, which is normally like this great big thick document about how you can use the logo and what you can say and what you can't say. It's like that, but a very, you know, micro version and based around you personally. So, all you need is a three by three box,、um, and in the first column, you want to write down the three things that are your superpower. So, the three things that you know more about than ninety percent of the population, or you're most passionate about, or that differentiate you. In the next box, you want to write down the three values that are most important to you, and this is about tone of voice. So it's about when you're amplifying your personal brand. How do you want people to receive you? How do you want people to feel when they interact with your content? What do you want to be known for?、It、comes back to that. And then the third column, you need to write. Think about your target audience.、Mm-hmm. So whoever the target audience is of your personal branding activity, you need to write down three things that they care about. So. You'll have three things that you know a load about, three things that help guide your tone of voice and what you want to be known for, and then three things that your audience care about. Now, broadly speaking, if you're then consistent with your execution around, you know, the comments you're leaving, the blogs you're putting out, the videos you're doing, the podcasts you're doing, or whatever personal branding activity you're doing, and you stick around that framework, over time there's this compound effect whereby it gets to the point where people feel like they know you before they've even met you, where people feel like. Um, they have a really good understanding of Nisha and Sharon and Andrew, and and what they're going to get if they engage with them.、Um, so that's that's the first step is actually defining a guiding framework because there's two or three problems that happen if you don't do that. First of all, you can end up posting in a very vanilla way,、mm. right? So、mm. it's just kind of like we've all we've all got the corporate BS in us, right? We've we've had、yeah. it for、yeah. our entire working lives,、yeah. and I have to check myself on it all the time because we talk. I I talk like. Uh, like an MBA syllabus sometimes, and、I、have to be really careful of, like, what are you saying, man? Like synergies and blah blah. Like, I, I just I end up in that world. So we need to be careful that we're not coming across as too vanilla because personal brand is personal. It's got to be.、Mm-hmm. It's got to be back to human.、Uh, 
Um, the other problem that you get um, if you don't have those um, those frameworks is sometimes you can try and invent a persona. Mm. Yeah. And I think we all see people that are kind of falling into that trap and are kind of, they've got this social media persona of themselves that just doesn't match what we know from the reality of hanging out with them or of working in the past. And, and I think that is super dangerous. Like I think mm. inauthenticity in is a killer, isn't it? Yeah, yes. and it's so yes. it's so not sustainable, right? So Sharon and I have conversations about this all the time based on people that we engage with. And especially for this podcast, don't we, Sharon? We like do. there are there are those that we invite to the podcast exactly as you've said. Um we can actually their their personal brand on LinkedIn is so powerful that Sharon and I can recognize the essence of their advice, their brand, their um their almost their consultative approach that they're giving online and things that they really care about in their field you can tell that and immediately it springs off the screen to you and you're like i'd love to have that person on because I, yeah. I can feel what they stand for yeah completely agree you just um pick up what their values are and their authenticity and yeah. um, that's something that stood out um from yourself andrew so even before we had spoken i kind of felt like i already knew you brilliant then then that means that i'm staying true to that framework right that's yeah. exactly how i would want it to be yeah. and you know over time and it takes a, a long while to get there but over time like you, you'd almost want to get to the point whereby without seeing your face on a post people would almost be able to guess it was one of your posts based on the structure and the tone and the delivery of it yes yeah because they get so used to seeing stuff from you so yeah step number one for nobody who's ever started is that self-discovery exercise pull together those personal brand values and then you've got to get the shop window in order right the shop mm. window let's talk i mean linkedin profile being the primary one but mm. social media generally like i had to do a massive social media audit when i started getting more active on linkedin because there was pictures of me in a nappy on my stag do there was pictures no, i'm serious like, there... i'd to see that one andrew no you wouldn't i promise you you wouldn't you wouldn't at all. It, I bet that um, was whipped off straight away. Uh, what, the nappy? No, yeah. the photo. <laughs> oh, I, the knew, photo. I knew that could be taken wrongly, yeah. <laughs> no, so, like, like we, 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 we all, you know, like, I'm of that age where um, I'm not, not a millennial, but social media still came out a little bit too early for me to not have some stuff up there that I wouldn't want there, right? Yeah. Like, um, we, we've, we've, we've all got that. So the first thing you've got to do before you start personal branding is it's really sensible to do an audit. Employers are looking at this stuff and particularly young people. Um, so it, sorry to uh, rabbit on, but if I can give you an anecdote to just hammer home this point. I know a young person who didn't get a job offer because there was a picture of them at a house party and the person behind them at the house party was smoking weed behind them. Now oh, they didn't, they, no. they, weren't, they weren't smoking themselves. Um, I've no idea whether they were involved or not, but either way, the judgment that was made on that photo meant that they missed out to another candidate, right? So this is, mm. this is real life stuff. So we've got to do a bit of a spring clean and we need mm. to recognize that the internet is forever. Mm -hmm. Um, anything that's out there is going to be judged and the more your profile grows and the more that HR and recruitment teams get these due diligence tools, mm -hmm. we need to be really, really careful to make sure that we haven't got anything that could work against us. Mm. So quick spring clean is a good way to go. And then you want to get working on that shop window. So we're talking about the LinkedIn profile here. So good headshot that could be recognized. Like I recognize both of you in person. Well, we're not in person, we're in digital person. <laughs> yeah. But I recognize both of you on this call from your pictures, right? Yeah. Right. Like they're, they're good headshots that look like you, good start. Um, getting a decent banner in play 
um, rather than having that horrible grey Dulux palette that LinkedIn gave you. And then a LinkedIn headline that talks, that's keyword rich, but also talks a little bit about what you solve. And I think that's a good starting point. Mm -hmm. And then you want to get into the about box. And I think the about box in particular on LinkedIn is probably the biggest under leveraged opportunity. I actually posted on this this morning and we've got like a five paragraph strategy, but ultimately that about box, you want to be telling people about you. You want to be telling people about what you do, what you can do and some of the values that drive your work. Right. And if they, if you are on the job market or if you are, if you do have a particular call to action, like you're looking for podcast guests or you're looking to build your network, put a call to action at the end of that about box so that you're inviting people to take action on what they've read. Then make sure you've got a good career section, but also don't sleep on recommendations. I'll tell you what, people are really cynical about recommendations when I speak to them, but all wow. the mm. all the heat maps show that people, once they've read the about box, skip, skim the work section and go straight to recommendations. So mm. the target audience, whoever that might be, your target customer, your target client, could be internal stakeholders. If you're a program director in role and you're not trying to find a job, it could be internal stakeholders going, who's this, uh, who's this Sharon who's asked uh, for <laughs> 10 minutes in the boardroom next week? Let's mm -hmm. have a quick look. Yeah. Where do you think they're going? They're going there, right? Now, if mm -hmm. they go down to your recommendation section and there's other stakeholders telling them about how you've taken them from A to B or how they were initially resistant, but over time you built their trust and as a result, you achieved great things together, you're already making a positive impression before you get in that room. And God, yeah. believe yeah. me when, they when I tell you they are going straight to recommendations. We don't... We don't do anything without looking for an external recommendation. Now, whether it's booking a hotel or a restaurant, mm. it's exactly the same with our interaction with people. And yet most people only get recommendations when they're looking for a job or some have never really put much time into it at all. So mm. yeah, really get those recommendations know. going. Yeah, really good to know that. Leading on from that, because we're talking about um, the balance between personal and professional, what kind of advice have you got to get the balance right? Because I sometimes see, see comments on LinkedIn saying, this isn't Facebook, it's too yeah. much about your private life. But at the same time, we're not robots and we want people to you know, feel our personalities. So how do we strike that balance? What, what approach do you go for currently? So for me, I'd say that I probably post about 70% that's a bit more professional, but I do want people to know who I am. So I do occasionally do some personal. Yeah. Um, so that's what I do. Yeah, no, that, and that would feel like a good mix. Look, I think um, LinkedIn um, uh, is reflective of the work uh, mm. ecosystem anyway, right? So I think how we are at work is changing and becoming more open and real and authentic. When you think about, you know, the fantastic strides that have been made in mental health, the um, fantastic strides that are being made and campaigned for in equality of opportunity and everything else that we're talking about. Long way to go, I hear you. But it's on the agenda now in a way that hasn't been in the past. Yeah. And mm -hmm. people can be more open about their views on that. It's not something that's going to work against you politically, internally in a way that has previously. So I think we are moving quite rightly and in a good way to a place where people are more open. My, my personal approach is um, that I call, I call it um, authentic professionalism, right? Which mm. <laughs> is, is kind, of, kind of having a foot in both camps, but effectively I would act on LinkedIn how I would in a, um, in a business conference or how I would at work. Mm -hmm. So absolutely, I would have a joke, have some fun. Absolutely, you know, I do occasionally, over time I've started to include a little bit more about uh, the fact that Zoe and I are married and run the business together, we've, we've, we've brought some more of the personal journey into it. And that's been 
well received but there's still some things that i wouldn't share like i the completely unfiltered approach isn't for me personally because for me one of the most important things is that i i want to be seen as 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 credible in what i'm there for i'm not really there to entertain i'm there to try and help people understand what they want from their careers and how to get it mm. and sure doesn't mean we can't have a laugh along the way but my primary goal is that so yeah. there's still some things um that that i don't overindulge with so your yeah. idea of kind of you know 70 percent professional 30 percent personal seems like a really good mm. blend i think for for anyone who's observing somebody's personal brand in order to get them engage with you you need to hit their head their heart and their wallet so you need to I hit their that. head in terms of make it make, make, yeah i came up with that this morning I'm gonna, that's another post head heart and wallet i'm gonna write that down see this, is, this is where quick. content this is where content comes from <laughs> so um, true so yeah head, heart, it comes and from conversations andrew that's yeah. it's it's great for sparking ideas right <laughs> yeah no that's where i get all my content from it's just that's the fourth thing i've written down today so that'll go into my content <laughs> hopper for future posts you'll see that i'm going to tag you in it when it goes <laughs> up we'll look out yeah. for it <laughs> yeah um so just very quickly so in order for them to do something with you you need to hit the head the heart and the water the head in terms of it needs to make sense they need to know that you know what you're talking about that you've got um you know some good ideas that you're thinking in a, an interesting way and that you might have the intellectual capacity to help them with their problem right their heart in terms of who you are, your values, your ability to build trust, your openness, um, your human qualities that have never been more important, but also the wallet in terms of people want a return for their engagement with you. And so you even need to be able to prove that you can help them make money, save money, um, or connect them with opportunity they wouldn't be able to connect with if they didn't engage you. And, and those three things, I don't think they're mutually exclusive, but I don't think there's anything wrong with having all three of those in the mix. In fact, I think you probably need all three in this day and age as well. Yeah, and I think it also strengthens your caliber as a professional, right? To yeah. make sure that the essence of your post, yeah, the 30% can be personal, revealing the person that you are. But also, you know, if there's someone that's visiting your profile or looking out for your posts on a regular basis, let's say they're an agile delivery manager or a scrum master um, within your network, then, you know, as, as I often do, because I'll put my, my, myself in their position i will look out for those posts that will add value to my day-to-day -day. for those dilemmas or uh team dynamics um issues maybe or um practice issues for scrum or agile that i'm that i'm really kind of either struggling with or want some advice on there are key people on my linkedin profile that i will definitely look out for uh to try and help me feed solutions to, to issues that i have that's amazing i mean that, that's and that's the power of the network isn't it yes that's absolutely but would you ever post on religion and politics for example would that be something that you would post on i would not me no i deliberately avoid it um personally yeah yeah i do too but some people don't and i find that i find that an interesting thing that's 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 happening on the uh on the platform um but personally i've I haven't gone there despite the temptation at times. Um, and, and I keep that very separate. So it's so interesting that neither of you do uh, yet either. Yeah, um, I may have commented once or twice or put something out there where I felt compelled uh, to put something out there and react to it. But it's always been um, in the interest of building a community or in a positive um, mindset. Um, and, that, and that's the other thing I think that 
and I and I see that more and more in my feed. There are sometimes quite antagonistic responses to posts and things like that. And you can you can see that when you read trails of, of you know people's responses to certain posts. Someone may put something out there um, in, in illustrating the knowledge or something that they're passionate about, or something they've picked up, but there'd be an alternative view. And I and I and I don't think they should be put off carrying on posting despite any negative feedback that they get. Because at the end of the day, A, and again, Sharon and I always have conversations about this, it's engagement that they're being given. Okay, some of it's negative, but it's still engagement. It's another comment that's being added to their to their post. It could be an alternative view that the post had never considered as well. Um, but it's also um, a way of highlighting and and shedding a light on the audience that you've got for your yeah. post too. So I don't how do you feel about that Andrew like how do you respond sometimes to uh negative comments that are put out there? What what are your feelings? Well, everyone just loves me so it's just never been uh, an issue. <laughs> of course they do. What are you talking do, about? Yeah. No. Uh, <laughs> um, so, um yeah, look this is this has been really tough for me if I'm honest because um yeah. I definitely nibbled, so so I definitely nibbled back way too much on people who were kind of trolling a little bit, mm. Mm. and and I think when you do that, like just if if you find a troll, don't feed it oxygen. It would be my uh, would be my response, mm. and I still struggle with this to this day because I get triggered when people. And the the problem I have is that I think it's absolutely fine, in fact, healthy and encouraged to attack the issue, mm. but I don't mm. think it's fine to attack the person. Yeah, yeah. And particularly my female colleagues, again, without wanting to make it a specifically gendered issue, but there's there's definitely a difference, particularly my female colleagues. So, you know, um, Amelia Sordell is obviously a friend of mine. We're involved with Clout Together. I, I think she's got the strongest personal brand on LinkedIn pretty much at the moment. She's right up there, right? Mm -hmm. um, but oh, when yeah. she started okay. posting, when she started on that journey, um, it was such an eye-opener for me because I was seeing the comments she was getting and in all of building my following, I'd never had anything like that level of vitriol in the early mm. days, like when she mm. put her head above the parapet. So we, we, we spoke about this a lot and um, and she's in, incredibly uh, strong and resilient and knows who she is and, and, and mm. did very, very well with it. But ultimately we got to the point whereby we said, well, we've never met a troll that we'd rather swap lives with. So it's actually, you know- That's a really let's, good way That's a good that. one. <laughs> Another like good that. one. <laughs> so, you know that's that's a hundred and that's correct like i honestly have never met a single one of them that i'd rather swap lives with because where do you have to be whereby it makes sense for you to be you know trying to bring somebody else down who's trying to do something yeah. worthwhile yeah. so you know attack the issue all day long like yeah. no problem with that at all mm. i think you know i think it's really important that we have positive discourse that linkedin doesn't turn into twitter which is a polarized circus of people mm. you know mm. trying to hunt each other down like, I, I don't think that's the game i think it's really important now more than ever that we have positive discourse and debate and that not it's fine that not everyone agrees with each other on everything but i think they should always be attacking the issue rather than making it personal and getting after the person because i think that's very dangerous i like that and to yeah. your earlier point um your future employers are watching um and they'll be reading the comments that you put in there right that's a no-brainer so yeah. i think that's a digit that everyone needs to have in the back of their minds um but yeah thank you for sharing that andrew that means a lot to us you you just made a really andrew. good point about comments as well sorry uh sharon can i just no, nail down on ahead. this comments for so i um uh started working with a new uh md ceo guy recently um 
and uh, um, he said something to me that I thought was fascinating and because I, I did the usual you know how did you find us why did you decide to reach out type stuff right. like you do and and he said um, I was recommended you and then I spent um, half hour going through all your comments and I was like what do you mean he said well I went to your activity and then I was flying through your comments I was like so did you look at my posts did you watch my videos did you tune into a live or go to YouTube no I just went into your comments I was like well why is that he said well he said your content is curated like you've sat down you've created that you're it's it's marketing right mm. it's like but your mm. comments is you because mm. it's not curated you're reacting to somebody else and it so what I wanted to see was how you interacted with the others what you stood for when you weren't marketing and what you were writing on other people's posts and how much you were paying into the ecosystem as well as just marketing to us like jeez well that was l lucky i've done a lot of good comments in the, the recent week <laughs> <I know. laughs> <laughs> through through more than judgment it's just you know christmas period lockdown with uh, covid nothing else to do i was like gee that was lucky um but what an insight to your point like people yeah. are really going deep on our online activity to make judgments based on who they perceive us to be so mm. really thank you for triggering that uh, anecdote because it's very very important yeah no and I, and I think our listeners will take a lot away from that um if that is the that really shows the true essence of the person because if you think about it on a day-to-day -day basis guys how long do we have to respond to comments in between meetings maybe lunch hours we all have other jobs that we do outside of our linkedin presence right um yeah. and other initiatives that we want to promote so how long do we actually have we don't sit there and craft those comments those comments are what we're feeling at that time in response to a particular post so That's yeah so true and i I didn't realize that um, so many eyes are perhaps on the comments so it's mm. a really great point you know I think people will take a lot from that mm. well there's the majority of LinkedIn is still lurking right they're not mm. in there actually doing anything we're in the minority because we're posting and interacting mm. but the vast vast majority of the audience is lurking they're in the background watching so you, you've got to act like that like that as that case study proves this this is happening all the time so this is why it's so important that what you're doing is real and authentic because if you can't back up the marketing message with action then you're going to be found out quite quickly in this day and age i think agree totally yeah. agree yeah andrew so what about people who are a little bit shy and timid i've had people come to me and say you know i'm not going to put out videos that's just not me and actually i don't really like social media so what advice have you got for them and does everybody should or should everybody be on social media because some people hate it yeah so I, I kind of have a bit of a cop-out answer to this question because I've been asked it. I, I don't like social media either. Hmm. That's surprising for someone who's so yeah. active on LinkedIn. You've got you to tell us more. <laughs> why. Well, because, well be because I kind of make LinkedIn a separate thing, hmm. right? So I kind of make LinkedIn a separate, but social media in general, like I think Twitter's the circus. I think Facebook is generally quite an embarrassing place. I, I go on there just to keep in touch with friends who are now all over the world and like I enjoy that element to it but like the stuff that goes on in there and it can get very toxic and and all of that like I don't think it's a great influence in our lives and um Instagram I think is caused more harm than good mm. and so like social media as a category I'm not a fan of social media this idea that you have to be a social media fan to build a personal brand on LinkedIn is completely misplaced um, I'm not a marketeer either I'm an accountant with a face for radio who makes videos and puts them on LinkedIn so if I can do it literally anybody can do it right so that's mm. that's my that's my take on on that discussion mm -hmm. linkedin's different in the 
it's actually a legitimate career and business enhancement opportunity. And, you know, all the data shows that. And whether we like it or not, data doesn't really care about our feelings. And so we have to lead into that and make the best out of this incredible opportunity that sat there in front of us. Mm. Um, and LinkedIn for me, many of my clients, many of my friends, I'm sure you guys have got your own story, has created incredible amounts of opportunities and new connections and new initiatives. It got all of us through uh, 2020 in one way or another, right? With mm, all the yeah. different initiatives that we were involved with. Like, it was so cohesive and important to be a part of. So saying I'm not a social media person does, doesn't cut it with me in terms of they're not posting on LinkedIn because mm. I'm not a social media person either. Mm. So that's, that, that's my first point. So should everyone be on social media? No. Should everyone be on LinkedIn? Yes, if they want to create a career or a business would be my answer to it. Mm. And I think it's so true what you said, because for myself and Nisha, you know, we met each other via LinkedIn. Yeah. So if we hadn't been on there, we wouldn't be doing this podcast now. And actually, since I kind of took on board your advice around personal branding and creating more content, putting myself out there a bit more, um, more or less on a weekly basis, I now have recruiters contacting me for opportunities. And that wasn't happening before. So I totally see the relevance and the importance of it. And as you say, the data doesn't lie and the results don't lie either. No, definitely not. And I mean, we work with some companies um, whereby we're helping leaders who are in role leverage LinkedIn and personal branding. And it's it's not about them getting another job. It's about get them getting more customers or them mm -hmm. getting more people to go and work for them. Yeah. Because LinkedIn has become the business reference point for where due diligence is done prior to making new relationships it's where people go it's where they look it's where they sniff around a little bit yeah like this is this is what happens before someone comes to interview with you you can bet your bottom dollar they've been on your linkedin profile in some depth correct yeah. so, oh, yes. <laughs> so it, it, you know i know we were talking about previously it's not just a job searching tool it's not something you just do to get a job it's not a job board it's a whole ecosystem that's got all sorts of different things going on and to continue to invest in it is to continue to invest in you know a big competitive advantage if you're consistent on there you'll hire better get better opportunities of course get better jobs get better traction with stakeholders we all know about change and transformation everyone talks about it biggest problem number one on every job description stakeholder engagement like it's it's there isn't it every yeah, everywhere. single time yeah herding cats you know all of that <laughs> like I know, I know what you guys have to do it's tough now, one thing you could do, as I said earlier, one thing you guys could do is to have a really good profile that shows that you're really good at herding cats so that when those cats go and look there, that they feel safer and more engaged and clearer about who it is they're dealing with and that you're not just, you know, the program director from head office coming out into the regions to beast them and try and force them to do something they don't want to do, right? So mm -hmm. it fits into all areas of our career. And I think that's the thing that people miss. I think it brings it all to life. It makes you more three-dimensional than just the words on a CV that could appear in front of someone. Um, I think that's, that's one of my main takeaways, guys, out of all of what we've spoken about today. It brings your personality to life and you need to do the work to make sure that you're represented in the best way. But also it's like in terms of... Um, growing it's a it's a tool for for personal growth that's and that is the way i see linkedin in terms of improving your practice improving your growth hell i learned a hell of a lot about facilitation skills for workshops and things like that that i needed to hold um you know things that i could improve in myself that i thought oh actually that's a development need 
get out on LinkedIn, see who can help you, see who you've got in your network, you know, um, put some inquiries out there. Uh, I needed help to prepare for an interview and I wasn't really sure the kind of tack that I should take on a particular case study. Get your, again, get yourself out there. Um, you know, try and get in touch and look at your network, see who you've got, see who can help you with a bit of, um, mentoring so that, you know, you can, you can hit that goal for yourself and, and, and really go for it. I think, um, it's, it can be so much more, but you, you do have to put the time in to the platform and not have the blinkers on that it's just another social media platform and people are going to take away data about me. Um, I think that is the way that things are moving at the moment, but LinkedIn allows you to do it in a healthy way. Yeah. Well, well surmised. Yeah. What about you, Andrew? What would be your kind of key takeaway for our listeners? Yeah, well, the the key takeaway is that um, done is better than perfect. I yeah. think the other thing that holds people back is they completely overthink. So, you know, you were talking earlier about people that are a little bit scared about posting. Yeah. Um, so um, I think just get it out there. Most people are amazed when they start posting at the response that they get and letting go of that judgment, fear of judgment of others. Ultimately, as I say, I've never met a troll I'd want to change lives with, but also... Um, if you are authentic and you go about it in the right way, you will attract in other people like you two have yeah. who share your values and interests and who are aligned. Mm. So by being authentic, you will appeal to the people that you want to appeal with and start to curate your network and your feed to surround yourselves with people that, that vibe with you. So get out there, experiment, be really, really consistent with it. Tuesday, even if initially, like when I'm getting people started, I just say Tuesday morning, Thursday morning, right? They're the two... Yeah. They're the two biggest peaks on LinkedIn in terms of traffic. It's been that way for a long time. So if you post every Tuesday and every Thursday consistently, that will compound over time. And within three months, you would have probably doubled your network. You would have probably had a few thousand views on the stuff that you're doing. You might have even created new opportunities for yourself if that's what you're trying to do. But you would have just started to get that momentum because it kind of goes like this and then it just compounds. It's like compound interest. Mm. And the more you keep going on it, the more it just compounds over time. Um, yeah, we took like seven years to get 12,000 followers. And then the following two years, we went from 12 to 80, right? So it's like it went doom wow. and then phew. Wow. And that's just pure, consistent, bomb, 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 bomb. It's just that action. That's a hell of a payback on your consistency, right? <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, that is exactly what happened. Yeah, yeah. That, is, that is the payback on the consistency. But people now come to me and go, I want to get to 80,000 followers quick. I'm like, yeah, so did I. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's like the six-week abs, you know? It, it, it's like the equivalent of the six-week abs. Like, it doesn't exist, I'm afraid. Like, it's consistent, small, incremental action, structure. So Tuesday morning, Thursday morning, yeah? Mm. M M Monday, what I do is I go onto LinkedIn for an hour and I leave comments on as much stuff that I can add value to. Tuesday, I post. Wednesday, I do comments. Thursday, I post. Friday, I listen to podcasts and content on there rather than creating anything. It's like, if you create that kind of schedule for yourself, yeah? And just just consistent like any kind of habit it just becomes like brushing your teeth like i can't get up now without posting on linkedin not because i'm addicted to the platform but it's just part of my routine it's just what i do i get up i post on linkedin I posted this morning about um the about box on linkedin profile yes yeah i saw that yeah, yeah. so yeah. That's, that's what i mean and so you just you just go 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 nice and consistent and that compound interest will happen over time and before you know it you'll get to the point whereby yeah, there's all sorts of opportunities that get created for you and mm. your career feels like that it's got a support system and a lead generating system around it that it didn't have before. So that would be the key takeaway. 
Amazing. I love it. And Sharon, I what think, are yours? So I think my key takeaways are um, following on from both of yours, actually. It's about um, opportunity. And if you just put in work and you're consistent, like Andrew has said, it just really expands your opportunities. You get to meet loads of amazing people that you probably wouldn't otherwise. So it's well worth it. You know, we've um, seen the results for ourselves already. So definitely do it. Take the plunge. Have no fear and uh, go for it. Love that. And look, <laughs> your, your audience are project managers and change professionals, but they tend to be, in my experience, way better at helping other people change than themselves, right? So, yes. oh, yeah. what, what, <laughs> so, yes. so what I would say to the audience is use your own skills mm. on yourself. You know, project manage this thing like project manage this whole personal branding journey and use the same arguments that you would on your audience to help them change but reflect it back on yourself and i'm sure you'll be uh, you'll benefit as a result so. brilliant thank you so much for being our, our guest today andrew you've been amazing and thank you to everybody for watching and listening look out for our next video thank you thanks, thanks andrew bye bye